Hello, friends. Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode eight of the Yours Truly podcast, where we go beyond macros, we leave diets in the dusk, and we talk about nutrition in a more gentle way. So this is nutrition that truly nourishes the body, mind, spirit, and allows you to live a little bit more gently and kindly with yourself. So today here on episode eight, I'm continuing the theme of having super awesome and fun guests, Um, but the guest I have for you today is not a former roommate of mine. That's kind of the theme we've been going on, but this um, is actually the first male voice, the first male presence that I've had grace this podcast platform, and I'm super excited um, to introduce you guys to this friend of mine. I'll kind of allow him to do his um, own justice on his intro, but his name is Trevor Lomax, and to give you a little bit of an intro on Trevor and I, so we actually met about four years ago, I think it was, Um, at our alma mater, James Madison University, where we both studied nutrition and dietetics. Um, And obviously, kind of in this small, really pointed major and career path, there were like 35 of us total, um, a bunch of close friends, and we obviously charted a similar path up until graduation there. Um, But interestingly, we've kind of continued to chart more or less a similar path since we've graduated. So um, Trevor has gone on to live in Florida. As he'll tell you, I live back in Virginia, but um, we're both kind of taking our career path in a way that leads more towards entrepreneurship and kind of building our own space in the nutrition bubble. So um, that being said, you kind of know how I know Trevor. I will let him introduce himself and kind of give um, a little bit of background, Trevor, on what brought you to the nutrition field. Awesome. Hey guys, what's going on? And thank you not only for tuning in, but for tuning in. Oh, that's good. Why have I never used that? Oh my God. I thought that like a minute ago and I had to keep it in my mind. It was very difficult. Oh, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Perfect. I'm glad I can contribute right off the bat. So guys, as she said, my name is Trevor Lomax. Yes, we, we didn't just study dietetics together. We dominated dietetics together. And now I have moved on. I have moved down the road. uh, And by down the road, I mean all the way down 95 to Tallahassee, Florida, Currently in grad school, I'm studying sports nutrition at Florida State University, and I'm also a dietetic intern, going to be a dietitian, and my path is very different from Claire's. Claire's all about the gentle nutrition, just all about healing and loving, (laughs) and I'm a little bit more hardcore than that, you know? I help guys build muscle, and it, it just stems from the journey that I went through in life. I grew up very shy, very reserved. I was pretty much scared of every single person I interacted with. And the thing that got me through that was getting into fitness and nutrition, building myself up, building my muscle. Now I'm going into my first classic physique bodybuilding show in the spring. And that's where I am today. And it's been a whole long journey to get there. And really, nutrition was that was that conduit. It was that funnel. It was that tunnel that took me from not just lifting, but understanding how your body works and how you can change yourself. And I mean, nutrition really for me is, is the beginning of a metaphor. You change your body, you're going to change your entire life because you're going to become a different person on that journey. 
Yeah, and that's something that I really love about nutrition. And, you know, part of the reason I invited you here, it's not only because we're friends and that I love your message and your story, but um, it's everyone in the nutrition space has a different way of coming to it and definitely has their own story and their own take on nutrition. But when you really get down to it, it's literally the way that you become your best self and by feeling the best in your own body, whether that's through like a gentle approach or whether that's through a like get shredded, like let's get fit approach. Like it's going to help you have a better understanding of um, not only your body, but also your mind and definitely plays into self-confidence, which is, I know something that you can talk about now. <laughs> 100%. And it wasn't always like that. It wasn't that I always had this confidence, this presence. You know, I'm only five, seven. I've always been the shortest kid in my grade. I've always been the smallest kid. I was always the kid that got bullied, pushed around, picked last in gym class. And it, you know, but I didn't sit back and make excuses about it. I, I made changes and it was very difficult at first, but over time you get there and whether, and I like what you said there, like whether your approach is a gentle approach or whether it's a hardcore, I'm diving headfirst into this, every single person, the path is going to look different. Even if the destination is the same, if it's confidence that you want, if it, if it's a love for your body, if it's a love for yourself, uh, an appreciation, self-worth, these are all different adjectives that get thrown around with, I know my clients for sure. They're always saying these terms. This is what they want to achieve. And I'm like, okay, well, let's get you there. My path is going to look a lot different. And I was on um, a call the other day with somebody who was actually a past personal training client. And I told her, I was like, I, I care about you because, I mean, we went through so much together. I learned so much from her. I was like, I will recommend you to seven different nutrition coaches if that's the person that will take you to where you want to be in terms of the confidence that you want, getting rid of the anxiety, the depression, all those things. And, and she ended up signing up with me, but I was like, I don't, I don't even care. I want you to get the same result. The path is going to be different and your coach is really going to determine that path. Yeah, and I think that's really cool, you know, the power that you and I both have as coaches and all the other nutrition coaches that we know is um, you have the power not only to shape someone's um, idea of food and help them to kind of fine-tune that to best fit their body, um, but also to kind of step into a place um, that kind of leaves anxiety, leaves a depression, because you are stepping into a place where you can be more comfortable and confident in your own body. And I think as a coach, maybe anyone who's listening who um, a current coach or they're thinking about being a coach like that is just something super important to have because as our coach always tells us Trevor and I have the same coach um, people want to be led confidently and people want to not only have that self of com uh, sense of self-confidence instilled in them but know that you know their leader and their coach is also confident and working to improve themselves as well I actually remember kind of funny story here going back to um, the fact that you keep saying like I wasn't always this way like I wasn't always confident the first memory I have of you Trevor I don't know if I've ever oh, told God. you this so we're just gonna like broadcast it on the interwebs here the first memory wait. I have of you um, little backstory for people listening we both worked at the University Recreation Center it was called UREC um, we worked there for a long time and leading up to the beginning of every school year we had this thing called common training, and it was where all of the employees and all of the different um, 
areas of the gym, whether it was like fitness, group exercise, um, like outdoor recreation, things like that, all of us would come together um, to kind of get clear on the messaging of what we stood for as, you know, employees and people who were motivating this college community into motion. But um, in this common training, there's like tons of chairs, right, in this big gymnasium, in this big room. I was sitting like two rows in front of Trevor. Um, He was behind me kind of like to my left. And I just like heard you were in a row of guys, I believe, and you guys were being loud and like, you know, how guys can be sometimes. And I just kind of like turned around and glanced over my shoulder and I saw Trevor who by glance at him if you've never seen Trevor like Trevor's a big dude like right you're 5'7 so you're not the tallest dude but like you're big right you're kind of thick um and (laughs) you were just like making noise like talking to people kind of exuding um presence, kind of like you said, like a sense of self-confidence. And you were wearing um, a JMU dietetic shirt. And I remember thinking in my brain, like, who the heck is this kid? Like, (laughs) I've never seen him in my life. Um, He seems to be really, really confident. But like, I feel like I know everyone in this major already. And like, who's this weirdo, like, being so confident, like, doesn't even know me or anyone else, like, um, but that's my first memory of you. And I think it just really speaks to how much you can grow in self-confidence over the years from being um, someone who didn't have any to someone who, you know, from an outsider's perspective, myself at the time, I could just, like, smell confidence from seats away. (laughs) I hope it smelled good. Smelled, yeah, it smelled fine, I guess. (laughs) And, you know, like, I, I kind of, re- I remember that day and, and I remember that distinctly because I think you have told me this story before and I, and I, that day was a big day for me. And it, I just want to speak to the transformation that happened there because there was a huge burst in confidence that I had had in just the last couple of months before that moment. I had been studying computer science for two and a half years. That moment, I was a junior and most people going into dietetics were becoming a junior. I was becoming a senior. So it was weird for me to to be there again in a different role. I was a different person because for me, every time I stepped on JMU's campus, I was a computer science major, a future software developer, software engineer. And this is the first time I stepped on as what I felt was more myself. I was stepping on campus as somebody who was about to work at the gym. I was stepping on campus. At, well, I guess I had worked there for almost a, a, like a semester at that point. So I was I was there as a new person, somebody who fit in better. I wasn't lying to myself about what I wanted to do in life. I was finally happy of on my path. And that in and of itself just bred confidence. It's easy to be fun and outgoing when you're comfortable in your environment. Those were my people, the people Mm -hmm. who wanted to be at the gym, the people who wanted to lift weights, people who wanted to talk about, hey, like, this is what I eat during the day. What do you eat during the day? Okay, cool. Like, this is what I'm doing in the gym. This is what you're doing in the gym. Let's, let's work out together. Like, I was in my environment at that point. And, and I mean, that's the reason I, I was stepping out of my shell so much more. I didn't talk a day. I literally had three friends when I was in computer science because I felt out of place. They weren't my people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and do you think that kind of stepping into 
that place of authenticity for you was kind of like a trigger for self-confidence because I know um, I had my friend Allie, you know Allie, on the podcast last week and she kind of shared her story, kind of same deal, like was in this major or this career path that she, you know, thought was good, that you thought was good at the time for you, computer science. Um, and then you kind of reached a point where you realized that wasn't you and that, you know, you felt more authentic being in a space um, that was filled with people people who kind of resonated with your message and who had the same ideals and beliefs as you. So do you feel like kind of flipping the switch and deciding, hey, I need to go a different way was one of the big um, triggers of self-confidence or the things that helped you out the most? I think there was two big things within that that really brought the self-confidence out. And one of them I want to talk about just because it's a little bit shorter. It's making a big move in life and and it turning out well, mm-hmm. that was, that was huge. I went from a major where, I mean, coming and being a software engineer, I was going to make 50, 60, 70 K a year coming out of college with us. I mean, I, I didn't have that great of a GPA, just over three Oh, I didn't love what I did. And I was still going to have a job for the rest of my life. I had security like no other, but then I move into this career where, uh, salaries are much lower where jobs may be, it's a growing field for sure, but you know, jobs are sparse here and there. Um, they're kind of flighty. Sometimes you could just get fired if the company that owns the hospital changes or that's consulting to the hospital changes. I was going into like an unknown, mm-hmm. but I did it and I had to overcome a lot of barriers, especially like, like perception from other people. And I did it. And I, that just bred, some sort of self-efficacy when you make a promise to yourself or you put a challenge in front of yourself and you get through it that's going to build self-efficacy and then that can move on to other pieces now the other side of that is is honesty and this is something one of our mentors jason phillips talks about a lot is just being super super honest and being yourself your genuine self and the more you can be yourself the more confident you can be because you're not hiding anything nobody can hold anything against you you are showing who you are and when you do that there's this there's this relief that you feel mm-hmm. you know if you are being somebody that you're not or you're trying to fit into another role that isn't you it, it takes work it takes effort it takes energy but when you just let go of all the perceptions of society, of who you should be, of who they want you to be, who you think you need to be, then it's just natural. It's smooth. And you can take a deep breath and you can feel good about where you are right now. You no longer are living in the future where there's a lot of anxiety, where there's a lot of this I need to be this person. I need to be that person. You're living in the present as I am me. And that is who I am comfortable being in this moment. And that allows me to open up and share that because I'm not afraid anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely love all the points you just made. And I think they're all super powerful. And I really love the fact that you like pause and you're like, take a deep breath. Like that was very yoga-esque of you. I'm so proud. But um, I think- my zen there. (laughs) So zen. I think in a way kind of um, all of those are really, really tied together. And I'm almost going to like backwire it here from um, the pattern that you laid them out in. So I would almost say like 
honesty. Of course, Jason Phillips talks about this a ton and it's huge. Um, and when you are honest with yourself and say like, this is who I am, like this is what I want to do. Um, that almost gives you kind of circling back here to self-confidence. You know, once you get that messaging in your head, once you truly tap into, um, that internal speak and believe that messaging, that is what gives you um, the the confidence to move forward with that big move and know that it will turn out well, right? Like I would argue that having that honesty and showing up and being who you are, um, you know, you're not going to be able to make that big move without it because you're going to care too much about what other people think. Um, You're not going to have that sense of self-efficacy because you don't know, like, you know, you don't know your power. You don't know what you stand for. So yeah, I would say I literally was kind of taking little notes as you wrote things or as you spoke. Um, so I could, you know, circle back to them and it literally ended up, um, if you could see my paper, it ended up being a like circular diagram in a way, like it's all connected. It's all related. And there's one thing I want to add to that because as you were speaking, it hit me. I I speak about being your honest self and all this, But at the same time, when me being my honest self, when I was eight years old, getting bullied, hated everything and was sad and, you know, hid from the world, me being my honest self there is very different than me being my honest self now. And of course, there is change that has to take place. And don't be afraid to take to change who you are. I completely redefined myself over the years to be somebody who I was proud of, to be somebody who I was happy of being. So not only does it is it be honest with yourself, but also don't be afraid to change who that person is. So it's kind of like a completely everything is fluid, liquid and moving. And you just got to figure it all out in this whole mumbo jumbo that is life. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I like to use the analogy sometimes of, you know, this is more like minds that we're talking, but the same happens in the physical body, right? So it's, you know, our weight will fluctuate every single day, no matter what diet you're following, no matter what you're eating, just because our bodies are a little bit different every single day. They're going to change, but something that I talk about in gentle nutrition, it's being one, okay with this change, and two, um, you kind of accept uh, the desire to change, so you may um, want to change something about your career path or your mindset, your body, whatever it is, but really stepping into a place of self-acceptance and kind of self-love through every step of the way. So yes, you're changing. And kind of like you said, you're not the same person who you were when you were eight or 16 or, you know, 21 as you are now. But, um, I think there's a lot of importance in learning to love every step of the way for sure. And I think you have to, whether the change that you are trying to make is a body composition change or a relationship with food, like you do have to love yourself at every single point and you have to love the process at every point. Because for me, a lot of my, I have my, my business of course runs very differently from Claire's, my coaching runs very differently. And I have all my people track, all my clients track. So when I tell them, hey, like we're going to change your macronutrients in this distribution, they have to be okay with that. And it can be scary because from past experience or things you've heard or bro science or bodybuilding.com, there's all these resources telling you different things and you may be afraid to make that change, but it's all a learning process. Just because you make a change to your body or your food or something, and it doesn't go the way you want, that doesn't mean you lost. It doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean that you messed up. 
It just means that you've learned something. Okay, well, when I when I eat more fiber, it does this to my body. When I dr- when I drink more water, it does this to my body. When I go and journal and sleep better and do all these things, it does this to my body. It's all a learning process along the way. And if you can accept each moment of it, whether that's a flutter in your weight that you're not expecting or anything, it's just data when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I that's even something that I talk about in gentle nutrition. And I think the cool thing about nutrition, you know, whether you are a macro tracker, whether you follow a specific diet, or whether um, you follow an intuitive pattern of eating, which is what I work with, um, it's really just knowing that everything is a win. And I know some people might be saying like, but Claire or Trevor, like if I sit there and eat a piece of cake, like it's a, it's an L I'm taking an L because that was quote unquote bad for me. But what I really focus on, and I know this is your mindset too, it's all a learning process. So, you know, you wanted it, you ate it, you enjoyed it and you learned, you know, how your body felt and it is neither good nor bad. It's just how you felt. Um, so it's really just the learning process and getting to know what works in your body. Um, whether it's macros, whether it's performance-based nutrition or whether it is a more gentle approach um, and just kind of loving it for the learning process that it is for sure. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said there that it's neither good nor bad. And I, we always have this perception that everything needs to be positive or negative. Everything is so polarized in the world today. You're either extremely conservative or extremely liberal. Like it seems like there's no in between. And that's the way we think about food. And it's like, okay, well, if I eat this cliff bar that I'm about to eat for my workout, is that good or is that bad? And I'm like, well, I mean, it depends. It, it really depends. There's so many different factors in there. Is that the best choice? Maybe. Is that the worst choice? Maybe. I don't know. There's, it doesn't need to be so polarized. And if anything, it should be neutral. The, the reason I talk about food and numbers as data is because at some point, it's, it's just an input and an output. There's no, there shouldn't be an emotion connected with, oh, I'm drinking water, good, happy. Or, I'm not drinking enough water, bad, sad. It shouldn't be like that. It should be like, okay, I drank water, data, I have drinking water. Okay, now I have not drinking water, data, I need to drink more water. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it should be neutral along the way. And I think that goes along with like what, what you talk about a lot is it's, there, there should be no right or wrong. You know, everything has its place. Yeah. You kind of sounded like a robot there. Drink water, data, eat this data. (laughs) I love that. But yeah, something I talk about a lot with my clients is, well, first of all, whenever anyone, whether it's like a client or, you know, someone on the streets, you know, side note, when people find out you're a dietitian or like someone studying nutrition, they just offer up any question. And I laugh because my answer, like 99.9% of the time is, it depends. Like It's funny because you study, you know, five plus years to get to this place where your answer is, well, it just depends. Um, but what I tell my clients and people who are interested in this more, you know, intuitive pattern of eating is kind of like you were saying, um, you know, really stepping away from this idea of, you know, polarizing food as good or bad. I never say like this food, good, this food, bad, like it's all just you. I would say your diet, Trevor, isn't good. It isn't bad. It's just Trevor or my diet. Um, it's just Claire because what feels good in my body, um, 
what allows me to move in a way that feels freeing and live and love in a way that I like is not going to be the same quote-unquote diet or mix of foods that you like, and that is totally okay, and it's important for us to understand, of course, in the professional realm, but also um, just in the personal realm, like when we're talking about um, eating and food with friends and family. So now that we're kind of on this, I love how conversation just like snowball a little bit. Um, because we were talking about like this super, um, just like motivational, like metaphorical bunch of ideas. And now we're kind of on nutrition, but since we're on nutrition, why don't you touch a little bit on what you're doing currently? So I kind of hinted in the beginning, um, that we kind of continued to chart parallel lines, I guess I could say, um, as far as where we want to go more or less in the long run with our lives, as far as nutrition is concerned, but, um, give my listeners, if they're not familiar with you, a little bit of an idea on where you're going, where you're headed, and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's been a roller coaster of a ride. It's changed a lot over over time. But right now, as I said, I'm at Florida State getting my master's degree in sports nutrition, and my dietetic internship is also wrapped up in that process. Now, I run my own online nutrition coaching company, and I help guys build muscle. Also, girls, I do have one girl client, most of my clients are guys looking to build muscle, looking to get jacked, shredded, whatever, mostly aesthetic goals. So a lot of what I am dealing with is, is tracking macronutrients, is manipulating macronutrients to get an aesthetic result out of it. So all of my clients are required to lift weights on one side and track their macronutrients. I'm a very analytical person, so it's very data-driven. Now, of course, we do have a lot of emotional feelings within that. I mean, when you're trying to put on muscle, when you're trying to cut down, you, you're forcing your body to change, and our body is built for survival. I always talk about things in a very biological sense. I love science, always have. So I always take it back to... What would a caveman do? How is a caveman's body reacting to this stimulus, to this process, to this nutrition? And through explaining it like that, I find that I can really get to my clients and help them understand why I'm taking them through the protocols that I'm taking them. Now, having a sports nutrition background, I used to want to be a collegiate sports dietitian, work with true athletes, D1 athletes, or professional athletes. I've strayed away from that, but that has helped me so much in what I do today because what I do is I help people build muscle, and when I do that, they have to go to the gym. They have to work out. They have to push themselves. They have to create this stimulus for adaptation so that they can thus go and eat the food that's going to get them there. Yeah, and honestly, like, you know, you don't want to be a – sports dietitian in the typical sense of the term, like you're not out there on the field with the athletes, like with the football players, the basketball players, but you're still using the principles of sports nutrition, but it's definitely more on a um, individualized level. Maybe people who aren't collegiate athletes, but they're still athletes nonetheless. And that's really why I love um, this podcasting platform. The whole eight episodes I've done so far, it's because it's really a 
great place to showcase the message and the story of other people because something that I really value um, is having all of the data, right? All of the information. You kind of spoke about data and I think it's really important um, for someone who's just like looking for more information or trying to decide what type of lifestyle related to nutrition is right for them. Kind of as we were talking about earlier, like no one program is good for everyone. So kind of um, having my listeners or my audience just be exposed to um, people who practice nutrition in a slightly different way from me because it's powerful to have um, all of the different pieces of the nutrition puzzle in your mind so you can make the best decision for you. So one question I have though when we kind of talk about um, the places where intuitive eating maybe is and is not appropriate, just because um, that's what most of my listeners listen for. So when we're talking about um, fueling for performance or maybe for a specific body composition like you coach your clients on, um, how, if any way, would you say intuitive eating fits into that puzzle? Yeah, for sure. And I love this discussion because, first of all, it's, it's very far away from what I take my clients through in terms of processes, but I think it is 100% doable with intuitive eating. Of course, I'm a data-driven guy, so I have my clients track, but it's 100% possible to achieve any performance or aesthetic goal that you have with, in, with, a, with a gentle nutrition approach, with not tracking, with just eating how you want to, how your body feels. And, and that's because you don't need the numbers to perform well. You just need to know in general what to eat before a workout. I'm having my clients get in some source of carbohydrates. Now, normally I would tell them the number of carbohydrates to get in before their workout, but you can just do what feels good for you. So get in some type of carbohydrates, get in some protein before your workout so that you're not hungry during your workout. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of fiber could even help you there or a little bit of fat. Now, if we're talking after your workout, you simply just need to eat food to recover from your workout. And it's not there, – there are specific recommendations. There are specific numbers of I want to hit this, this, and this. If we're talking optimization, now, if you're do, pulling from a more intuitive eating perspective, you may not be necessarily getting optimal results. If you are a bodybuilder and you're trying to do intuitive eat, it's probably not going to go very well. That's because – I mean, for example, me, myself, I need to eat 3,500 calories or more per day or I'm not going to gain weight. That's not an intuitive eating perspective because I get full around 26, 2,700 calories in the day. So at some point, you're not going to be able to progress farther along because of your natural hunger cues. Now, if you are trying to get aesthetic, if you're trying to lose weight or trying to gain muscle, you can 100% do it. It's adjusting from your natural cues. So if I was trying to cut weight, if I was trying to lose fat, not only am I need to make sure that I'm exercising and resistance training could be a huge part of that, definitely helps a lot. That's a different discussion. But if we're talking on the nutrition side, then we definitely need to be fueling our body for the exercise so that we can have a good exercise session and that'll create a better stimulus for our body to adapt to. Plus, we also need to be considering how do we fit foods around our goal? Now, we don't probably don't want to be consuming foods that are extremely high calories all the time, but but I like to go, if we're talking a more intuitive eating pattern, for an additive 
type of mindset rather than a restrictive. It's not, I can't have that. It's, this is probably more optimal for my goals at this point. Adding in more vegetables, adding in more volume. I know, Claire, you are the master of having (laughs) voluminous, is that the word? Voluminous. Voluminous. Voluminous, there you go. Voluminous meals. So all you have to do is be cognizant of what your goals are and how you can further align the food choices that you make towards that goal. Yeah, and I really love the way you kind of went about answering that question because um, it definitely speaks to, you know, it's for lack of a better word, it was a little bit more gentle than um, some recommendations regarding like sports nutrition or fueling for the gym because, you know, um, you'll read documents or papers or things online that are like, you know, you must get X grams before and after of like carbohydrate, protein, fat, whatever. And like, yes, for optimization, um, that is needed and that is necessary to achieve that certain um, body composition, say if you're competing or you're working for a really specific um, goal. But I think for my audience, because, um, you know, a lot of us and a lot of them are interested in movement and incorporating um, different forms of exercise, whether that's, you know, maybe an endurance training or maybe it is resistance-based training, um, but they don't really have that goal of optimization, right? It may be like, I want to get better and feel stronger, but I never really have the urge to compete or take it down to a science level that requires me to track, but just to have that general knowledge and kind of like you said, I like that you use the word awareness of um, just like general usage of the different macronutrients and different foods um, and kind of just general ideas of when um, is best to eat them. I'm not going to say when you should, but um, when is best to fuel that activity. So yeah, it's a really interesting discussion as far as um, intuitiveness and um, athletic performance because like you said, I think there's definitely a place for it and you can definitely be successful, but definitely when you get to the level of wanting to optimize, wanting to cut, you know, certain amounts of body fat, then that definitely gets into a place where kind of like you were saying, like eating 3,500 calories for you is simply not intuitive, right? Um, Your body doesn't really want to be there because that's not your level of homeostasis. That's not your baseline. But since you have this goal, um, you're aligning what you eat and what you do with the goal of um, being bigger, being stronger for your competition. So I think that's really cool. Thank you. And I think that it really comes back to your priorities. Is your your number one priority the aesthetic change or is your number one priority to also have a healthy relationship with food? And if healthy relationship is number one and aesthetic goal is either two or three in terms of just nutrition goals, then you need to consider, okay, that's going to shape the approach that I take. Uh, many of my clients, aesthetic goal is number one on their list. And mm-hmm. that's why they work with me. They're super excited to get shredded, to get to get jacked, whatever it is, whatever term you want to use to describe that. So we focus on hard data and, and making it work and, and strict nutrition protocols. Now, if your number one goal is a, is a healthier relationship with food, uh, a different approach to life, then, then that's what you need to go with number one. And, but I think it can all fit together in some kind of fluid motion. If you work at it, of course, it's going to take a little bit longer. It's going to take a little bit more exploring. It's going to take a little bit more understanding. You're going to be more in tune with yourself. And honestly, 
if I could have all of my clients intuitively eat, I would love them to. It would mm-hmm. be amazing because in, in terms of longevity, a, a gentle nutrition approach is much more practical. Yeah, and it's I would definitely agree with you there that it is, but it's definitely just it depends on what you want. You know, if you um, are in it for the long run right now, and like you said, your or your number one priority is a healthy and a positive relationship that's going to last you your lifetime, um, then yeah, the gentle, intuitive approach is the way to start. But um, if aesthetics is your goal, or if you have the goal of optimization or competing, then um, definitely your approach is what would be a better place to start at? And again, this kind of circles back to why I love just, you know, interviewing different people and getting different approaches because yeah, I definitely agree with you that, um, you know, you have to be honest with yourself and what you want. Also, this kind of ties in our conversation from about like 15 minutes ago, um, being honest with yourself, knowing what you want, and then having all of the information available, um, to make the decision, you know, what is going to be best for your health, um, both mentally and physically physically, what's going to be best for um, just all aspects of your life. Because when we kind of step away and look bigger picture, and I know you would agree with me here, it's kind of like why we chose nutrition is nutrition is super important and it is a piece of life, but it's not the only piece of life. And you know, what I've seen in your story, what I know to be true in my story, um, it's the place that you can start to have, you know, the most healthy, confident relationship with yourself. And, um, it's just a matter of what route you take or what path you go down. And I think what's funny is that the more I study nutrition and the more that we both coach people, the more we realize it's really not that much about the food. Yeah. There's so much, <laughs> there's so many other aspects, factors, there's, there's feelings involved. Food is emotional, cultural, societal, uh, monetary. Uh, there's so many different reasons why we consume food. There's so many reasons why we like food, that we surround ourselves with food. And just because our goals are aesthetic or a better relationship with food, doesn't mean that it's just okay here let me pass on to you my food knowledge it's there's a lot of support that goes into it there's a lot of accountability there's a lot of otherworldly types of conversations that happen and I think this is why we see so many nutrition coaches talking about mindset because we understand that yes the destination may be better nutrition but the path is a better mind a better relationship with yourself it's growing in your own skin, growing your mind, growing in your spirituality and so many different other dimensions that are finally going to take you to the good nutrition. And you're not only going to be healthier when you get there, you're just going to be an overall better human being. Yeah, I really view food as almost like the doorway. So like you open the door with food or with nutrition coaching and it's just a way to what I call just step into your power, step into your fullest potential. Because one of my taglines, like, you know, if I could have anything written on my gravestone other than like feed me peanut butter and jelly, (laughs) I would probably write like food is more than fuel because this is something that I am so passionate about talking about. It was actually my third or fourth podcast episode of just like myself speaking um, solo into the computer, but 
you know, food does so much more than just fuel us on a physiological, biological level. Like I always um, kind of urge my clients, like if you disagree with me or if anyone disagrees, just think about any holiday or like any positive time in your life, any time where you were truly happy and enjoying the company of people around you. Um, I would more than likely be willing to guess that the cohesive factor or the factor that brought everyone together, or maybe even the place you were situated at was a table um, with food on top of it. So um, food is important, um, but I think a lot of ways it just opens up grounds for connection and creativity and all of that good stuff. 100%. That's something I'm a huge believer of. And even though I'm super hard data, even on a holiday, this past summer, Memorial Day, all these different times where it's it's centered around food. I'm going to go and I'm going to barbecue. I always tell my clients, today's a day for you. Don't track because there are more than just the food aspects that are going to get you to your aesthetic goal that you need to consider. It's it's being happy. It's being social. That's healthy for us. It's getting good sleep. It's all these other things. And when you take the food away sometimes, then it creates this sense of calmness, this sense of everything's okay. This is more than just about going to a barbecue and eating burgers. This is about eating burgers with my friends, with my family, sharing moments, sharing events of our lives, memories that are going to be made. And that in and of itself is a healthy act to take part of. Yeah, for sure. And I have one comment to make about that, which could totally snowball into another conversation, but for the sake of time, I'm going to make it and then we'll move on. But I think it's a really important thing to bring up here. So I read a lot of Brene Brown. I don't know if you've ever heard of her or if people listening have ever heard of her. She's a social worker. She has um, a PhD and she studies vulnerability. Um, And I read her last book, And she actually brought up this really interesting piece of um, research. I don't believe it was her research, but it was another research she either worked with or she was reading. And um, this kind of ties into the whole socialization aspect is she um, voiced the opinion or the fact that being lonely um, or not having social outlets of support and camaraderie in your life is actually um, more or can be more detrimental to your health than something like obesity. So, um, I thought that was a really interesting little tidbit because we always think like, oh, it's it's the food that's making me um, bad, sad, like fat, whatever it might be. But, you know, in reality, if we are, um, you know, choosing to engage in diet patterns or food patterns that um, kind of perpetuate like loneliness or draw us away from those social situations, um, I think that's really something to be avoided because, you know, as I would say on my gravestone, food is more than fuel. So (laughs) kind of pivoting so I don't like snowball down that rabbit hole. But um, one of my last two questions for you here is what are you, my friend, most excited for in your career path? Because I also kind of talked about this with Allie. Like if we view our careers as a lifespan, you and I are at the birth of it. We're at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are you most excited for? in your future as a dietitian? Well, if if this is a lifespan, I'm really looking forward to puberty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward said to... no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever going to say that. So I'm excited to just expand, to grow, to grow into the person that I am meant to be so that I can serve others 
the best that I can. And I know you'll attest to this. When people first see me or meet me, they get this sense that I am, for lack of a better term, a douchebag or a, uh, like a whatever. So where I, where I go from there is uh, give me three months with you and I'll show you who I really am. And it's just a perception. It might be the muscles. It might be the cool hairstyle. It might be the, the nice scruff. Now I'm just talking myself up. But <laughs> it, I want to I wanna create impact in this world. And, you know, if I could do it without the money, let's, let's go. I would love to. Um, but, of course, I understand that in this world, money can become impact even more so. So I want to grow my business to a point where I can impact so many people. Um, if I had to put a number on it, I want to be, I want to create a seven figure nutrition coaching business where I can take guys who feel or girls who feel self-conscious, who feel scared to interact with the world, to go out and create their impact, build their confidence, make them feel comfortable in their own skin so that they can go out and they can create their own impact. Cause I can only do so much. I want them to go and create impact because this world can always get better and we live in a great place, but it can always get better. So if I can catalyze somebody to go out and change somebody else's life, then I've done my part and I can leave this earth being happy. Yeah. Well, first of all, is your microphone on fire? Because <laughs> that that was boom, mic drop right there. But no, I, you know, from someone who knows you personally to, um, you know, the regularity on which we kind of like talk and are just kind of in each other's business and kind of supporting each other. I know, um, as good as anyone else that you are well on your way. Um, and I couldn't be happier, um, to, you know, be going at this big old life with you in the world of nutrition coaching and to kind of see where you end up. Because I think having that clear, mission that you just articulated really well. Like, you know, you are coming from a place of, Hey, I've been there guys or girls who are not confident, who want to be better. Like I've been there. I'm going to level with you. And then I'm going to like place myself as the guide on how you can kind of come out of it. Um, you know, since you've been there, you know, um, how to do it and you have the, the schooling and the science to back it up. And most of all, I think anyone listening right now can tell that you're super, super passionate about it. Um, and I think that's one of the things that definitely matters most in getting you to where you want to be for sure. But, um, for the sake of time, I have my last question here that I, um, gave you fair warning of. It's the question that I'm going to start integrating at the end of all my podcast episodes, no matter who my guest is, because, um, at the end of the day, this platform is about, um, not only showcasing other people and what they do best, but also, kind of asking everyone, you know, how are you living a little bit more gently, um, coming from a place of authenticity where, um, you give yourself a little bit of grace and you give yourself a little bit of space to pat yourself on the back for all the good things that you're doing. So Trevor, I ask you now, what are you currently doing in life to live a little bit more gently? I love this question because I always like to say that I am super hardcore in life, always <laughs> going after what I want. But I, there are times where I need to step back and I need to live more gently. And as of recently, my huge focus in terms of being gentle has been really taking time for myself and taking time to learn to love myself more. Because as I talk about how I went from a place of darkness to a place of, of confidence, there was... 
there's still pieces that kind of lag behind. It's sometimes I don't always feel the most confident. And sometimes I'm not always happy with where I'm at. And it's taking the time to reflect on those moments and ask myself why I feel that way. And I've started other practices like meditating, journaling. I take somewhere between five and 15 minutes every night before I go to bed to turn off all devices lay in my bed and just think Mm -hmm. just think about where I am think about what I'm grateful for think about where I want to be and kind of take it all in and just slow down because especially in America where we live this extremely fast rat race paced life taking time for ourselves and to reconnect with the world is super important do you want to be like the next yoga teacher out there in the world I think if I was a yoga teacher, I would they would have to incorporate some kind of weights because my y- yoga students would also <laughs> probably want to get jacked as well. All right. Well, I ask because you you have the mindset there, and I think um, taking time for yourself and implementing those practices like you're doing um, is super important. You know, this is just speaking from personal experience. It's just super important in helping you to um, achieve all those goals that you answered in my previous question for sure. So couldn't be happier um, to spread your message here on my show and to, um, you know, have you give a little bit of time. I'm really thankful and gracious for that. I know Trevor just started his um, last year of grad, is your last year, correct? This is my last year. Yeah, last year of grad school. This week was his first week of classes, so carved out a little bit of time for his good friend, Claire. But um, Trevor, if anyone is hearing your message, um, if anyone is maybe like a gentle nutrition peep, and then after hearing you, they're like, oh, maybe I need a little bit more um, structure and rigidity and, um, you know, just performance-based nutrition, how would someone best find you and get into contact with you? For sure. So there's three places where I always am. Number one is Instagram. You can find me at Trevor Lomax, all one word, all lowercase, put it in, I'll come up. The second place is on Facebook. Just search Trevor Lomax. Feel free to add me as a friend. Feel free to reach out and communicate on those two platforms. The third, and I'm excited to announce, is my own podcast called the Muscle and Hustle Podcast is coming out. It should be up on iTunes very soon. And you can check me out there where Claire will definitely be a guest in the next week or two. Woohoo! Well, I will be over there muscling and hustling (laughs) like I do best with my gentle self. But um, thanks again so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. And I know that we will be talking soon, probably within the next day. So um, that is all for now, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Yours truly, Trevor and Claire.